All right, tonight if you'll take your Bibles, let's turn to Romans chapter number 5. The book of Romans chapter number 5. We've been talking about this matter of being justified by faith. We've seen in previous messages in chapter 3 and 4 that the only way that any sinner can be justified is by faith. Not by works, not by keeping the law. This only comes by grace through faith. We have seen examples of this justification by faith in, in the Old Testament in both Abraham's life and also in David's life. And now the Apostle Paul delves into the benefits belonging to every believer from having been justified. Now that word justified means declared righteous. Aren't you glad that you're declared righteous before God? Uh, we're, done, we're, we're justified, we're declared righteous by faith. Now I want us to read the first 11 verses. We're not going to get that far, but th this is the section talking about the, our benefits, uh, the benefits of being justified by faith. And uh, I've already kind of determined how far I'm going to go tonight <laughs> and put up a, a stake, and we'll, uh, we'll come back and, and take a look at the rest of it. I've, um, there's no way in the world to cover all of this. Anyway, we, we're going to start tonight. First of all, we, we see in verse number 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Much more, being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. First thing I want us to notice here in verse number 1 is that those that are justified have peace with God. We're just saying, the song, Wonderful Peace, uh, did that on purpose, amen. The, the songs that I pick out, you'll notice, uh, go, pretty much go with the, the messages that I preach most of the time, and I wanted us to sing about this, some of these, these things that we're talking about tonight. And the justified have peace with God, read, read verse number one again, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when we talk about peace, this does not mean that a state of tranquility or contentment, but rather the state of being reconciled with God. We are no longer at enmity. We are no longer an enemy of God. The peace is between the reconciled sinner and God. I want us to turn to a couple of places here. 
Look at, uh, hold your place now. You're going to need to come back to, to Romans. So hold your place there. Let's take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. And it talks about this reconciliation. We needed to be reconciled to God. And, and Jesus accomplished that reconciliation. Uh, in fact, uh, God sent Jesus to, uh, to reconcile us. And uh, we see that here in, in this passage. 2 Corinthians 5 verse number 18. It says, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. We're supposed to be busy about seeing that others get reconciled with God. Amen. That's what it's talking about there. Verse 19, To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though we God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now we weren't righteous, but, but God made it so that we could be righteous. We have the righteousness of Jesus Christ applied to our account just as our sins are applied to his account. I mean, he, he took our sins, we get his righteousness. Great deal, amen. You, it doesn't get any better than that. Uh, our former state was that of being an enemy of God. Back, back there in Romans, uh, and we're in our text there, Romans uh, chapter number 5 and verse number 10, we, we just read for, if when we were enemies... Okay, we were enemies before we got saved. If, if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Uh, turn a page or two over there to Romans chapter 8 and verse number 7. Romans 8 and verse number 7. Um, it talks about the carnal mind. It says, because the carnal mind is enmity. That word enmity means hostility against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. And that's what we were before we got saved. Before Christ came into our life, we had a carnal mind, and we were at enmity uh, against God. Look at uh, Colossians chapter number 1. Again, hold your place. Throughout all of this, you're going to want to hold your place. But let's turn to Colossians chapter number 1. And take a look at verse number 19 here. <clears throat> Colossians 1, verse 19. And it's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ here. It says, For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. And having made, here it is, having made peace through the blood of His cross by, by Him to reconcile, there's that word reconcile, reconcile all things unto Himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies, okay, we were alienated, we were enemies, in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled and in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. He, he makes us something we could not make ourselves, amen. 
our present state is peace with God now that we are saved, now that we are justified by grace through faith, our present state is peace with God, Christ's redemptive work provided an atonement as, as a, a covering, if you will, for, our, for the sin of the ones that are declared righteous by faith. Now that atonement, that covering is available to anyone. Anyone can come by grace through faith, repent of their sins, turn to, turn to God, and they can have the same peace, enjoy the same peace that you and I enjoy. They can have it. It was purchased for them just like it was purchased for us on the cross of Calvary. Um, so the, the, for us, the hostility and animosity between God and us as believers are, are, are both gone. Those, those things are gone. Instead, there is this blessed peace. So the justified have peace with God. Second thing we see in our passage here is found in verse number 2, and that is this. The justified have access to God. We have access to God. It says uh, verse 2, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Of God. Now, uh, the wonder of being declared righteous consists in this open access to the very presence of God. Isn't it amazing that we can go before God's presence? You know, we uh, one who wants to see and uh, and talk to uh, a king needs both access—that is, the right to come. And they need an introduction, a pro- the proper presentation. Uh, the believer can now approach God because of his new standing before God. In other words, we know God's Son. We're in God's Son. Okay? We're in Christ. We are just as accepted as Christ because we are in Him. Okay? Our sins, uh, we'll, we'll see this in just a minute as we... We'll turn, turn to a passage of Scripture here in just a minute that will show this. But uh, when Christ was nailed to the cross and died, He died, uh, we, that was us, our sins, being placed on the cross. We died in Him. Okay? And we, we'll see that uh, when we get to Romans chapter number 6 here in just a minute. But the approach the, that, that we have before God is just amazing. In the Bible, there's a distinction made between our standing before God and our state. Okay, Our standing and our state. And we really need to understand this principle. Let's talk about our standing. Our standing as believers refers to our position in heaven and never changes. <laughs> uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 1, Paul said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and listen to what he says, and wherein ye stand. We stand in the gospel. We stand in Christ. Okay, The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, those three things that Christ did for us, in Him, all three are applied to our life. We're dead to sin. We're alive through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What a blessing. Look at... Uh, our, our standing, I want us to understand our standing is in the gospel or in Christ. 
Look at uh, Romans chapter number 3 there. Um, the, the, uh, just a couple uh, chapters back. Romans 3 and verse number 24. Notice what it says here. Um, now we know verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's no, there's no, no arguing that. We know that. We're all, all, all men are sinners. We, and, we, and that's where we were before Christ uh, did what He did for us. And in verse 24, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. It's in Christ Jesus. Our standing, that's where our standing is at, it's in Christ. Now, flip from Romans 5 to Romans 6 for just a minute. Romans 6 and uh, the, the uh, first 12 verses here. Let's take a, take a look at this for just a minute. <clears throat> says in verse number 1, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Now, when Paul makes that statement, I can just about see the puzzled faces as this letter's being read, the puzzled, puzzled look on their faces. What is he talking about? Dead to sin. How shall we that are dead to sin living any longer therein? And then he explains it. Verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. We're identified in, in his death. That word baptism also means identif identification. We're identified in all, of, all aspects of the gospel. His death, burial, and resurrection. That's what he's getting at here. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Uh, knowing this, that our old man, is crucified with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. We believe that, don't we? Because we promise that. Uh, verse 9, Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Now that's supposed to be, that's supposed to be what we're doing too. He says, it because he uses the word likewise, he's in verse 11, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Our standing is, we are, we, we, we are dead to sin, and we're alive through Jesus Christ. Uh, that's, our, that's our standing, our standing in the, in the gospel. Uh, look at um, chapter number 8 in verse number 1. Chapter number 8, verse number 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are, notice this, in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Um, we're familiar with 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Uh, Behold, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. If you be in Christ, you're, when, when we got saved, we got, we're, we're in Christ. Um, 
Look at Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter number 2. Look at, um, let's, let's take a look at verse number 4 through 6 here. Verse number 4. <clears throat> Now, before verse number four, he talks about what we were in the past, <laughs> how we were dead in our trespasses and sins, how we walked according to the course of the world, and you know we were fulfilling all the lusts of the flesh like every other lost sinner was. But, verse four, but God, who is rich in mercy, aren't you glad for that? Amen. For his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, okay? By grace you're saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You ought to underline that. In Christ Jesus, we're just as good as with with God now. I mean, we're just, we're seated in heavenly places in Christ. So our standing is in the gospel or in Christ. And our standing is, refers to our position in heaven, and that never changes. It never changes. Now, let's talk about our state. Our state refers to our condition on earth, and that may change uh, for better or worse on a daily basis. <laughs> Amen. I mean, during this past year, we all had some good days, and we all had some bad days, didn't we? You know, our, our state at, at times was uh, not real good. Uh, uh, and but praise God, you know, He's with us throughout it all. Uh, even the Apostle Paul uh, talked about this matter. Uh, you don't have to turn there, but Philippians two nineteen, he says, "But I trust in the Lord Jesus Christ to send Timotheus shortly unto you." Talking about the church at Philippi, that I also may be of good comfort. Listen, when I know your state, he was concerned about their state. He knew what their standing was. He knew they were saved. He knew they were on their way to heaven, but he was also concerned about their state. He was, he was concerned about how they were doing. And uh, he knew that others would be concerned about his state. Because sometimes his, I mean, he was in, in prison quite a bit. Uh, he's all, all the time going through some different things that were uh, very difficult to go through. And he told the, uh, the Colossian church in Colossians 4, 7, he says, all of my state, all my state shall Tychius declare unto you who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. And it's believed that he was the one that uh, helped deliver the letter there to the church at Colossae. And, and uh, they, he was able to fill them in. Paul didn't want to waste time uh, uh, writing that something that he could uh, have the, his, uh, his companion in the gospel share for him. So our standing in our state, our new standing in Christ now gives us a blessed privilege not experienced by either Jew or Gentile in the Old Testament. I'm going to say that again because we, we need to understand this concept. Our, our new standing in Christ now gives us a blessed privilege that was not experienced by either Jew or Gentile in the Old Testament. Now I'll explain myself here. First of all, a Gentile was barred at the gates of the temple. But you know, a Gentile now, which, of which I am, uh, I have access to God. I have access to God through Jesus Christ. A 
Gentile was barred at the gate of the temple. A, a Jewish woman was stopped at the woman's court. She couldn't go any further. But now she has access to the Holy of Holies. I mean, she has got access to God Himself. A non-Levite Hebrew could not enter the inner court as only Levites were allowed uh, there to uh, do the sacrifices and um, do the ministering. And then the high priest himself could only enter into the Holy of Holies once a year. And when he went in there, he better have blood with him. Didn't go in without blood. You go in without blood, but it's not good for you. <laughs> but listen, but the veil separating the Holy of Holies from sinful man was rent in two by the death of Christ. I want you to see the earthly... You know the earthly tabernacle is a representation of the heavenly tabernacle. You know that. Okay? Well, if you didn't know that, you know it now. But let's take a look at the, what happened in the earthly tabernacle in Matthew 27. Look at Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 27. And this was at the, when Christ uh, was on the cross. And when He cried with a loud voice and yielded up the ghost, you know, when, when it was all over with, according to verse number 50. Let's look at verse 50 and 51 here. Matthew 27, verse 50 and 51. Matthew 27, verse 50. Jesus, when He had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And it's talking about the this is talking about the, the veil that was in the temple there in Jerusalem. Okay? It was literally rent, and it was rent ripped from the top to from the top to the bottom to show that man didn't do that. God did it. Amen. From the top to the bottom and the earth did quake and the rocks were in. Yeah, that's an amazing thing that happened there. But look at the look at Ephesians chapter number two again. Ephesians chapter number two. Should have told you to hold your place there. I forgot we were going to be right back there. In Ephesians 2, look at verse number 11. <clears throat> so, wherefore, remember that ye, being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, in the Ephesian church, mostly made up of Gentiles, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, the Jews called them uncircumcised. You know, they're a bunch of uncircumcised Gentiles are what they are. That's what he's talking about. He says in verse 12 that at that time uh, ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Boy, that's a bad position to be in, isn't it? But now, <laughs> it gets better, verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus... Ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For He is our peace who hath made both one, talking about both Jew and Gentile, are made one in Christ. In one body. Jew and Gentile make up the one body of the church. For He is our peace who hath 
made both one and hath broken down, here it is, broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in, in ordinances, for to make him himself of twain, of the Jew and Gentile, one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. You notice how many times peace comes up and reconcile and enmity. Okay? It's a recurring theme here. And that's because it's a reality. Look at uh, verse number 17. And came and preached uh, peace to you that were afar off and to them that were not. In other words, when the Apostle Paul preached, you remember he would, he would go and start preaching at the, at the Jewish uh, tabernacle, a Jewish synagogue. He'd go to the Jewish synagogue, preach to the Jews, and then when they kick him out or reject him, you know, you take whatever, if there were some that accepted the gospel, he'd take them and go preach to the Gentiles. And this is what he's talking about. He came and preached peace to you that were far off and to them that were nigh, both the Gentiles and to the Jew. For through him, through Christ, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. <laughs> and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into an holy temple, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. What I want you to pull away from this, though, is, is uh, uh, the, we, we, are, we have access. We, we who are Gentiles also have access. It wasn't just made available to the Jews. We have access. Look at Hebrews chapter number 10. Hebrews chapter number 10. In verse number 19. Hebrews 10. And verse number 19. Get where I'm going, okay? Here we go. Verse number 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, <laughs> by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God. Jesus is our great high priest, Okay. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an, an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. You know, we are, Jesus is our high priest and we are in him. Okay? So we have access to the Father because we're in Christ. Huh? Isn't that a wonderful truth? What a privilege we've been given. Um, let's do one more here. Back, back to our... Uh, place here in Romans and we see in verse number 2 also Romans 5 verse number 2 said by whom also we have access by faith and to this grace wherein we stand and notice this and rejoice in hope of the glory of God rejoice in hope of the glory of God the justified have the hope of the glory of God and we rejoice in that don't we we got a sure hope so that, that, that hope that he's talking about is an anticipation or we could say an expectation or confidence. It's not, a, it's not like the world hopes today 
well, I hope it don't rain tomorrow. That's not a sure thing, is it? It's not. This is a sure thing. It's a, it's a sure expectation or a sure confidence, and that sure confidence comes from the Word of God. Look at 1 John chapter number 3. mentioned this this morning, uh, but nevertheless, I need to, we need to look at it uh, in, re, with regard to what we're talking about. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 1 through 3 here. Talking about hope of the glory of God. Uh, says in verse number 1, Behold, 1 John 3, verse number 1, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Now let's, let's stop right there. That makes sense, doesn't it, that we're the sons of God because Jesus is the Son of God and we're in Him. <laughs> we're in Him. We're, we're Son of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew Him not. Beloved, now, it's not that we're going to become the Son of God one day. We're, we're sons of God right now. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Notice this, and every man that hath, what's this next word? This hope. This hope in Him purifieth Himself even as He is pure. We have this hope. Hope plays a vital part in the lives of believers for it has to do with all that God has promised to do for us in Christ. Uh, the thought here is that the saved sinner has something of which he can rightly boast. Uh, the hope is not rooted in some misplaced self-esteem or empty pride. The hope is based on nothing less that we sang a while ago, but Jesus' blood and righteousness. That's why we, why we sang that. <laughs> uh, on, the, on Christ the solid rock. Uh, the hope is objective and definitely refers to the only hope of the believer. Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, when, If you remember when the uh, uh, disciples were there on the hillside as, as Jesus was taken up in the ascension in Acts chapter 1, verse number 11, there were a couple of guys in white apparel there that said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. That's a sure hope. We've been promised that. Jesus said, If I go away, I will come again and receive you into myself. That's what he said. Um, let's take a look at First uh, Thessalonians for just a minute. 1 Thessalonians 4 and we're, just, we're about done here. 1 Thessalonians 4 just hang with me for, for just a few more minutes. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 4 verse number 13. I, he shared with the Thessalonian believers here. He said, but I would not have you in verse number 13, 413, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, talking about those who have died in Christ, he said, that you sorrow not, even as others which have, what? Have no hope. Okay? Somebody didn't have Jesus in their life, there's no hope. No hope when they die. So, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. That's a sure hope right there. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the 
coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Now, now what is he telling us here? He said, I say this unto you by the word of the Lord. In other words, Jesus is the one that said this, okay? He said, I'm, I'm just telling you what Jesus said. We which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. And with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one another with these words. Well, of course we can be comforted with those words because it's a sure hope. It's a sure hope. It's a confident expectation. Justification alone makes the blessed hope of the believer a reality and a glorious anticipation. It alone guarantees the delights of heaven. And we're going we're gonna to drive up a, a peg right there. We're going to come back. I mean, we've only, we've only touched the surface here. We've only seen three, and there are eight that we're going to take a look at. Um, Hopefully we'll be able to finish this next week. I'm not going to get, make any promises on that. But we'll, uh, you come back next Sunday night. We're going to pick up right there. Uh, but the question tonight is, are you a partaker of the benefits? You know, have you been justified by grace through faith? Hey, we, we can only be justified by faith. And if you have been justified by faith, listen, th- this is an important question. Are you appropriating all of these benefits available to you? You have peace. Y'all too. I mean, this is the troubled world in which we live. But we can have peace because of Jesus. He purchased our peace. Amen. We got peace with God. Uh, that's the main one, right? I mean, the whole world can be against you, but as long as you're okay with God, yeah, as long as you're on the right side of God, and you've been reconciled to God, that's the thing that counts. They may be able to take your physical life away from you, but be absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord. So what have they done? They just ushered you into the presence of God. <laughs> That ought to give you peace. We have peace. We have access. We can go right to the throne of grace. Find grace to help in time of need, according to the writer of Hebrews. And we have hope, a sure hope. Um, we're going to partake of the Lord's table tonight. And so we're, we're about to, we're going to have a, a word of prayer. And so let's bow in prayer and we'll, we'll have the invitation, okay? Father, we just thank you tonight for these blessed truths that we've looked at. Uh, what, a, what a blessing that we have in Christ. When we, when we became in Christ, so much came our way. So many benefits that we now have. And Lord, I pray that if there's one that's, that's not saved tonight, uh, Lord, that you quicken their heart to, to show them that. Those of us that are saved, uh, Lord, uh, help us as we uh, prepare to tonight to partake of the Lord's table to make sure that uh, things are right with us and you. Uh, Father, we pray that you'd have your way in this invitation, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.